You're listening to a Sim Media podcast. In a world of iconic riffs, immortal solos, the highest notes, and the most guttural growls, the debate of the greats has raged on for decades. And we settle them here. This is The Great Metal Standoff. Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, prog, hardcore, thrash, and heavy metal community, my name is Jason Evans, and this is The Great Metal Standoff, the podcast that pits music's greatest albums in track-by-track combat. Since Imran, my trusty co-host, and I really enjoyed having Hannah Pratt, Moshpit on Sin's friendly voice of punk for 2021, join us for a battle on the last episode of the Great Metal Standoff, The Clash vs. The Ramones. Be sure to check that out if you haven't. We have invited her back for the next two battles here on The Standoff, starting with this one. In August 2020, for context, The Great Metal Standoff did a marathon of battles from the grunge era, but these battles were mostly contested between the big four, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, and Soundgarden. We didn't really take a look at some other bands that played a vital part at capturing the sound. In addition, with 2021 being the year for 30 years of grunge celebrations, Imran, Hannah, and I are going to embark on a mini second season of Grunge Month. This battle is between Stone Temple Pilots' debut album, Core, and the second Smashing Pumpkins record, Siamese Dream. Each successful album's in their own right, both released within a year of each other, unequivocally important to the era. But for me personally, on first listen, from start to finish, mixed feelings on both of them. But that's what this battle is for, to chat with friends and find out what we can better understand. Here's how the battle will go down. Every album battle will be contested in track-by-track format by our podcast panel. Each individual panellist will select a winner of each pairing. The winning track receives a point to that individual's tally score. Tracks on albums that go uncontested can receive a tally point if a panellist awards it a gold star, which will be put in use today. Once the battle is over, the album with the highest tally score will receive one grand point for that album. If a panellist tally score results in a draw, both albums will receive a half grand point each. And finally, the album with the most grand points will be declared the winner. Here we go! Stone Temple Pilots' Core versus Smashing Pumpkins' Siamese Dream. Some more landmark grunge albums to talk about in another short series of grunge battles here on The Standoff. Let's head over to Imran and Hannah and see if we can find a winner. Roll the audio. Hannah, it's really good to have you back on The Standoff. Uh, This is the whole point of why we do The Great Metal Standoff, is to have people come onto the show and talk albums that they haven't yet explored, and that's exactly why we've brought you back here, Hannah, and we're bringing you back for another one coming up. So, welcome back. What do you think? Stone Temple Pilots and the Smashing Pumpkins. First of all, thank you so much for having me back. I am super excited. What do I think about this episode? Well, admittedly, I have little to no experience listening to Stone Temple Pilots, so I was I was pretty excited to, to get to know them a bit better. And Smashing Pumpkins, I've listened to 
Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness a fair bit and a few of their singles, but but this album we're about to explore, Siamese Dream, is one that I surprised myself that I hadn't even heard it, so that was also really good to explore. And I'm also keen to get both of your opinions on what you got out of these albums too. Well, if you've got room on your boat, I'm going to join you because this is my first ever really big deep dive into both bands. Yes, this is uh, this is another thing that Imran wanted to do eventually. He wanted to talk about Stone Temple Pilots because uh, we dedicated an entire month to grunge, but we didn't talk STP. Imran, my trusty co-host, you excited for this one? I'm very excited. I haven't listened to Stone Temple Pilots in a while, but I was well, just revisiting them. It's just it's always good fun. I always forget how good their songs are. And yeah, as well as Smashing Pumpkins, I, I haven't listened to Smashing Pumpkins in a while either. But yeah, this just feels like grunge month again. It's good. Even though I guess they're not stereotypically grunge bands, but still grunge sounding songs. Um, I, I would say though, Imran, you were the person who recommended me Core in the past. Yes. Core is my favourite stone temple pilots album oh i was gonna say smashing pumpkins there fake fan <laughs> anyway yeah they're like that's a they're a band that i've like listened to um on and like not on and off but i i haven't listened to them in a while so revisiting them for this podcast as well as smashing pumpkins um it's just always good fun i i love listening to both of these bands because they're they're always just a pleasant surprise and i find i always just have a good time listening to their music on a scale of me, which is just Bullet with Butterfly Wings, to Hannah exploring Melancholy from start to finish, where's your range of uh, Smashing Pumpkins experience then? Smashing Pumpkins? I really enjoy this album, Siamese Dream. Um, and I've listened to Melancholy, I think, once in its entirety. But I've listened to like uh, songs off of it. Um, I really like Zero. That's one of my favourite songs off it. No, that's the one that goes, are oh, you go, you're ready to go for a ride, isn't it? Yes. Go something like that, at least. Yeah, something like <laughs> that. Yeah. We're well-versed in Smashing Pumpkins, listeners. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Definitely. Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins, Homer Simpson, smiling politely. Yes. <laughs> yes. How long did you expect that to be referenced, listeners? Let us know. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Metal Standoff Pod. Hannah, you and I... We're going to need to be learning a bit off Imran tonight since he's got a bit of prior experience. We're going to be sitting under the Imran learning tree tonight. <laughs> Imran Academy of uh, Excellence. Oh, the boy. Imran Arbas Music Academy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Also, has anyone here listened to the first Smashing Pumpkins record, Gish? Oh, I think, no. I've, li- I think I've listened to like a few songs off it, but I don't remember how they go. I know my that I should probably qualify then. I have listened to Gish before. Uh, this is, yeah, again, sma- Smashing Pumpkins for me. Rhinoceros is a strong song. A little bit long, but a strong song. But it definitely is like a lay of the groundwork for what comes up here on Siamese Dream. Uh, but, yeah, there, there's some interesting things, because I did go into this battle thinking, um, uh, not particularly looking forward to this battle because it feels a bit forgettable on both sides not sure about you hannah because i know you might not be the most grunge person in the world but hmm do you reckon there's just there's elements of forgettableness at least in the initial stages on first listen to these two albums totally agree um here's a little fun story for you when i was in high school quite a few years ago i was 
sort of like dabbling and getting into grunge music. And this one girl said to me, are you a grunge? Um, I'm still not entirely sure what that means, but <laughs> I don't know what that means either. But apparently um, I was a grunge, whatever the the hell that means um but yes i agree i think i think i kind of had a preconception of what to expect and part of that was that the battle would be a little bit forgetful but i was proven wrong which was really nice imran where does core stand for you you've called it your favorite stone temple pilots track what do you reckon it means to the legacy of stone temple pilots the legacy of stone temple pilots well i haven't listened to everything the the stone temple pilots has ever put out so I guess I'm probably not the best person to to ask about it, but I feel like there are some classic songs on here. Like they're they've probably got their most famous song plush on this album. So um I would say it's pretty up there as well. I think their most popular is uh Purple, which has got um you know Vaseline. Um there's some classics on there. Um what else is on that one? My brain has stopped working now, but um yeah, no, I think Core is definitely one of their major ones. I think that was one of their earlier albums as well. So, which I find a lot of like, especially for this era of grunge, um, particularly a lot of the earlier albums kind of tend to have more of an impact than the later ones. I'd say it's definitely up there. Well, uh, sounds like between the three of us, again, Imran will probably be the person to provide the knowledge for Hannah and I, because he's a bit more well-versed in both bands. There's a bit of downside. There's a bit of upside. So let's break that down and we'll gesture over to our timekeeper over there. Wake up, timekeeper. Wake up. Hello, how are you doing? Got a favor for you. Ring the bell. Okay, straight to it. Dead and Bloated versus Shirab Rock. Core versus Siamese Dream go head to head for the first time. What do we say, Hannah? Dead or Bloated or Shirab Rock? For me, it has to be Cherub Rock. Um, Smashing Pumpkins. It has a bit of an intro, so you kind of have to like earn the song, I feel. Um, you know, it's got Billy Corgan's signature kind of whiny vocals contrasted with like some kind of softer stylings. It's a really well known, popular track. Um, I think we're, we were discussing just earlier was this the one that was on Rock Band or was that a different one? Or Guitar Hero, sorry? We were having a Guitar Hero chat off air, weren't we? Yes, okay. I think, I think that's where a lot of people would probably know this track. Yeah, I just think it was, I think it's a good track I think it holds up well and then you've got dead and bloated for me it kind of dragged on a bit it was a little bit repetitive um a solid kind of grungy sound but it just wasn't the one for me so my vote goes to smashing pumpkins for this one. Oh, come on <laughs> I am come on <laughs> not a bad that's not a bad way to start you know it's funny that you say that dead and bloated is repetitive because that's what I thought about Cherub Rock that's the reason why I'm picking Dead and Bloated is because I like Cherub Rock's a solid song. It's got a very catchy riff. It's got, you know, it, it kind of feels, I like how it feels like I'm on like a very rocky ocean wave as I'm going through it. But like, oh, I just, like that. But yeah, I feel like that's more repetitive than Dead and, I feel like Dead and Bloated has a bit more to it. It is long, but I feel like there's more to it that like kind of changes that keeps me, keeps me hooked with it. The, the acapella intro classic absolute classic as you all know i'm a sucker for a slow groove riff so i definitely a big draw towards that song and it's only a first of many oh yeah oh yeah but yeah this song is just there's so much to it i i especially love the bridge like that second bridge where the uh the main riff kind of like goes lower 
and there's like that slide guitar thing um it's just a such a cool song i yeah dead and bloated for me plus sorry scott Whalen's vocals as well oh he is he is a vocalist and boy does he do it opinion on scott Wayland, hannah um, gonna be completely honest, I didn't know any of the band members' names, but I agree wholeheartedly. I really like across the album, I really like his vocal stylings. It was really good on this track as well. I'll get further into that later, but yeah, he's got a really powerful voice, which is amazing to listen to. Well we'll just contrast that, Imran. Corgan. Corgan's got such an iconic voice, but it's not my favourite voice of all time. I was about to say, is it for better or for worse? Because <laughs> he's he's got his moments where I'm like, yeah, do it, Gorgon. You know, he but like, <laughs> you know, like his his whispery vocals sometimes like a, a good, and then he kind of goes to that weird whiny kind of sound, and sometimes it's like sure, but then other times I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. For me, what did I put in my notes here? Um, Imran, I'd like your opinion here on Shara Rock. How the song starts off. Hendrixy. Hendrixy guitar intro. Bluesy. Yeah. Excellent. Other than that, uh, yeah. I think I'm going to be. I think that's going to be a recurring gag here. Corgan. His emotive singing. Whoa, it's a very easy voice to mock, in my view. And uh, what was that? What was that description you had of the Siamese dream? Riffs of like, what was it? Rocky wave music or something like that? How did you describe that again? Kind of feels like I'm on a rocky ocean wave, like just on an ocean, but it's just very wavy. Rocky ocean wave. That is such an apt description. It's probably done best through all the fuzzy sounding guitar tone, right? Definitely, yeah. Despite all that, I'm going to take dead or dead and bloated just because I am. Whoa, yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I'm actually, and I'm particularly not. The biggest fan of Scott Whalen on this album. I'll talk about that a little bit later, but it's a good thumping start to Stone Temple Pilots. I think I'll go dead and bloated for me. Moving on now to sex type thing versus quiet. Hannah, what do we say? For this one, I am going with Stone Temple Pilots sex type thing. It's catchy. It's not messing around. Uh, the title itself, sex type thing, like, all right, we got it. Just, just you know, listening to the lyrics, we get it. Uh, it's a, it's a kind of a dirty sound in a multitude of ways. You can take that to mean whatever you like. I really like that song. And then contrasted with um, Quiet from Smashing Pumpkins, it didn't quite do it for me. There was like a little bit of revving at the start and there's a kind of a guitar solo towards the end, but it just sometimes felt like there was a bit too much happening at times. Um, yeah, it wasn't sold on it. So sex type thing has my vote. I'm probably going to go with Quiet on this one. I I really like the the weird trippy intro that kind of like leads into that cool, like this, that ascending riff that happens during the the verse is very cool, in my opinion. I I really love that riff. The chorus is like, like I like how it goes a bit more, it feels a bit more solemn. Like, I feel like uh, Smashing Pumpkins are good at like switching their choruses to like a more dreamy feel. They're always very different from like the verse or something. Um, but yeah, I just really like the very noisy and like kind of, it feels like it's always building. I think it's a very cool song. Sex type thing, I really like. I don't want to discredit that song. It's a very fun song. I like how the bridge like is like almost kind of ambient. It's like it's got the very weird chords going through it. But yeah, it's like it's a very fast moving song. Feels like I'm on a train. Very fun. Um, yeah, quiet for me. That I think what sold me. Imran sees sex type thing on a train. I see it cruise control down the highway. It's 
perfectly yeah. for a road trip sex type thing. Ah, quiet. I think this is actually this is probably a point where I want to con- uh, get your opinion here, Imran. Mr. Chamberlain on the drums. He's an early contender for MVP. He's a solid drummer. And I think he does pretty well on quiet. I reckon he definitely does good on quiet. I just he makes this the song so big. Like I, it just adds to everything, just constantly building and just all the noise happening. Like you said, uh, Hannah, how it feels like there's like so much going on. I feel like the drums definitely add to that a lot. Yes. So I've got to choose here. Quiet or sex type thing. Quiet or sex type thing. I, Imran, we're lined up at the minute. I, I do recall thinking quiet was the superior track to sex type thing, just through the a uh, bit more of a sinister kind of feel about it. Obviously, you know, surf rock wave riding kind of sound, but it had a little bit more sinister feel about it. Love the drums, fuzzy lead melodies as we were going into a nice little outro there. Very nice. I think that's probably the reason why I'll be taking quiet there, Imran. Nice. All right. Wicked... Oh, hang on. I've just spelt that. I've just noticed here. Here's a little bit. Of, here's one for the blooper reel, Imran and Hannah. I've written Wicket Garden instead of Wicked Garden. So apologies about that. Cricket season's not here in Australia yet. We'll get to that another time. But Wicked Garden versus today, Imran. Oh, today is the. That's the lead single off of this. Uh, off of this album, Siamese Dream. That's like the big one that everyone knows. Doesn't really do it for me. Not gonna lie. You know, it's all right. It's it's a solid song. It kind of feels like, you know, like a classic 90s or 2000s teen movie soundtrack song. It's got the the classic quiet, loud thing happening, which is very era appropriate. It's got the the falsetto vocals at the end kind of get me a little bit or like kind of towards the end where it goes like up and he does the weird falsetto thing and then goes into the weird megaphone vocals. Not my favorite song on the album. Wicked Garden, on the other hand. I feel like is a bit more interesting. I feel like when I first listened to that, it kind of felt like I was listening to two different styles of music fused into like one song. Like there's a very chunky, like groove metal riff happening while on over the top of it, there's like a lead guitar playing like this weird country blues stuff with like the slide guitar. The vocals are very country-esque. It's, it's a very weird, jarring song, but I kind of like it. The one thing that does get me with this song is the ay 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 part. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, not a fan of that. But yeah, the chorus is interesting as well. The chorus almost feels like a completely completely separate song or like just like a different riff. But I'm pretty sure it's the main riff. So it's very weird. This song kind of has a lot going on. In terms of like genre, I think there's just so much happening that's like kind of breaks from each other that you can like separate it and... I don't know how to explain it, but it's just weird. But I like it. It's very Why's... groovy. Yes, Jason? No, no. No, that was the end of my point. That was the <laughs> And that was the end of that thought. Well, that that's one of the main things we were talking about the last time we did a in-depth grunge review, Imran, is that why do we even call bands like these grunge? Like, because you were just describing them. We had, you know, something that sounded like groove metal and that kind of thing. Why aren't we just, you know, talking an alternative band V versus a metal band in Stone Temple Pilots, you know? Why, why would they, why do we, you know, why do we call this era grunge? It's very strange. Also, I'd like your opinion here, Imran. Do you consider Stone Temple Pilots up there with the big four of grunge? I reckon they deserve to be up there. They've got some very solid songs, but 
if we're talking about when we defined grunge, I think we talked about how it was purely like the the area that it came from, right? Was it Seattle? All the bands kind of were located in that area. So, I mean, their music, I would say, deserves to be up there. In terms of whether it should be grunge, I don't know. All right. Hannah, where do you stand? Wicked Garden or today? Um, I actually think, Imran, you've done a really good job of summing up what I wanted to say but couldn't quite get out about these tracks. I feel like Wicked Garden, there is a lot going on. Yeah, it does have those kind of country elements. It is kind of a fusion of styles. Sometimes I didn't quite know what to expect. Um, But at the same time, I still think it's a fairly approachable sound. I don't know how they've managed to mix all that together and make it an approachable sound, but it is. There's like a few harmonies and, you know, all that fun stuff. And then with the track today, I actually wrote no thoughts, not really sure, but I guess it seems fairly together. And the fact that you've told me that's the lead single kind of makes perfect sense. Yeah, I don't really have strong opinions on either of these songs, but I think I have to go with today. I think I'm with you there, Hannah. Just Also, just the main vocal hook. Today is the mm. greatest just hooks like that that get stuck in your head a little bit it's got a bit of a harmonic start to it I will say listening to the whole soundscape you realise I might have been a little bit biased in terms of today because I have seen the music video to today and it's Corgan and the Pumpkins going through like like a very meadowy desert kind of thing and you're bright and sunny and they're driving an ice cream truck and everyone smears it with paint and it's like yeah that, it, that definitely that music video definitely suits the sound that's backing it uh, but again, I think this is where complaints start coming for me. It's when I start realising how fuzzy the whole album of Siamese Dream sounds. The whole album does, like, all the guitars do, like, have the same tone. And it's always very, very distorted. There's a mm. lot of fuzz and, like, a lot of layered guitars as well. So Yes. It, uh, yeah, it does get to you a little bit. I do get that. I'll give my point two today alongside with Hannah. But uh, you do realise as things go on, it's going to get a lot more fuzzier as we go along. Uh, Imran, your final answer, please. Uh, Wicked Garden. Okay. All right, we're on to track four now. No Memory versus Hummer. This one's pretty simple just by the fact that No Memory is a minute 20 compared to Hummer almost seven minutes. And No Memory reminds me of House of the Rising Sun. It's It's structured similar to House of the Rising Sun, at least in my opinion. Hannah, what do you say? Yeah, I feel like we don't really need to discuss this one. No Memory is kind of more of an instrumental interlude kind of thing. And then Hummer. Yeah, I actually listened. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, Hummer, at first, to me, was kind of like a sister track to Cherubrock. Only a little bit. But I got, like, similar elements. Um, I really liked Hummer, though. I mean, not just in comparison to... Not just in comparison to No Memory, but just as a standalone track. Um like it sounded good there was enough of a change in pace and instrumentation and styling and variety and all that fun stuff which i think this album was quite good at doing um it just keeps it interesting and i felt like i felt like with this track they really understood when to kind of mix it up and when to keep at something and just to make it a good listening experience so yeah hummer has my vote yeah kind of like a dream soundscape but much heavier yeah i liked what you said before imran how like they have a bit of a sinister sound i feel like that comes through on a lot of their tracks yeah Mm. I mean, yeah, I guess the obvious choice here is Hummer. No, I don't even remember No Memory. Um, Yeah, I feel like this one's a good example of like how Smashing Pumpkins have a lot of like shoegaze elements in their songs where it's like the the songs are very big and like dreamy and open. 
um, as well as the fuzzy guitars just add to that. I really like the, the weird lo-fi intro as well. Apart from the fact that I thought the song was a bit long, it's, a, it's all right. I'm with you there. That's another critique I would have, maybe even on both. Some of the songs are a bit long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did like the, I liked the, the weird interlude thing at the end where they kind of went clean. There's some nice bass work there. It's just, yeah, it could probably could have used a minute or two shaved off it. Yeah, and and a high note Korg and again. Oh dear. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, what a classic. Oh dear. However, to your point, it does end with very nice fluttery sound. That's the way I described it. Nice way to end. Sounded very fluttery. The last time I described a song as fl- an outro as fluttery was Broken Wings by Alter Bridge, and it has like the diddle 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 But that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I think all three of us are in agreement here. Hammer in it. No contest, I think. It, it's by default. It's up against a, <laughs> an instrumental piece that's, you know, a minute something, which for me looked a lot like House of the Rising Sun. I don't, I don't know where I got that from, but it's like... Ding, 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 and then it doesn't kind of do the ascending bit that House of the Rising Sun does. It go, it drops down to a bit more of like a, a darker feel, but it's, it's fine for what it is. But yeah, it's the intro to Sin, which goes up against Rocket. Mm. Sin is a really weird song. I I like how um I like how it flows nicely from the from the interlude. But yeah, it's a very ominous, brooding song. Um, it, I feel like this is a very signature Stone Temple Pilots song because it's got unique groove that I think Stone Temple Pilots use a lot. The like the verse um is very groove based, and then it goes into the like more melodic chorus. I did note here that three minutes into the song. I did not feel like this song should have been six minutes long. But then uh, there was an acoustic break. It suddenly became like some kind of campfire song. Deeply rooted in the blues. Yeah, definitely. I really liked the guitar solo in this song. It was a bit chaotic, but also felt like could have been like, like definitely felt like structured, but it was just very, very messy, very all over the place. But yeah, it's a very interesting song. I very classic Stone Temple Pilot style, bit long. But yeah, it was all right. There's good elements in it. Hannah, too long for you? Or do you like the things that are deeply rooted in blues? But all Scott Whalen, you know, living up to his name pretty much and letting out a whale in the chorus, you know, now you know. Um, Yeah, I know we've already mentioned this, but yeah, a few of the tracks on both albums definitely didn't need to go as long as they did. I think Sin is definitely one of them. Um, I actually... Don't have that much of an in-depth review on this track. I just really didn't love it. This is kind of the style of grunge, if that's what we're calling it, that bores me. I felt it didn't really offer anything new. To me, it's kind of like a fairly stock standard grungy sound. I feel like when I was a fair bit younger, I was really into it. And then as I've grown up, I've just really grown away from it. And I, I think that grunge, as we've already touched on, can be kind of hard to classify sometimes in the sense that I don't really know how, even how to describe it. I just... I feel like we've we've maybe outgrown grunge and moved away from grunge for a reason. I think it's a very good timepiece, but not for me anymore. Yeah, and yeah, it just didn't need to be six minutes in length. But hey, that's me. Well, in contrast then, Rocket, what did you think of that? Rocket, again, I don't have any strong opinions. I think it's fairly accessible as a, as a Smashing Pumpkins track. It's a, it's a fairly good song and I did enjoy it, but it's kind of objectively fine. I don't really have strong opinions on either of these ones, but just for the sake of voting, I'm going to go with Rocket. Right. 
I wouldn't say I have strong opinions on them either. However, Imran, I don't think the word psychedelic is the right word, but there are some very trippy elements to Rocket. It, it's kind of Beatles post-India excursion trippy sound. Like it's in, it, you hear it in the start, in the guitar melodies, in the vocals to some certain extent. Gets very, the fuzz gets a bit jading after a while, but there's. I don't think psychedelic's the right word, but it's going down that road. Yeah, I mean, I don't think psychedelic's the right word either, but I did write in my notes here psychedelic. So it's like it's it's kind of there. It's 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 like you said, yeah. It's got that uh post uh Sergeant Pepper's uh Beatles sound to it. Um I like how the guitar kind of sounds like a sitar. It's like it's kind of goes throughout that lead. It's very nice. Um, yeah, it's like as well as the the droning riff constantly throughout. It's just yeah, very very psychedelic, like very seventies, I reckon. Um, even in the drums as well. I particularly like the drums on this song. Yeah, I thought this was a particularly good song. I I quite liked this one actually. Enough to pick it. I'd say so. I think it was I. If I was to pick which song to pick out of which song to listen to again out of Rocket and Sin, I'd pick Rocket. Yeah. I've talked myself into Rocket because initially it was a bit of a forgettable track for me, but so was Sin. But I think out of the two, the one I would seek again is Sin. I think that it just comes down to which I would seek out again. And yeah, it would be Sin. But despite the fact, I think this conversation has made me respect Rocket a whole lot more, which is a little win for that. For that. We'll do a quick score check before we move on. Imran and myself, Siamese Dream is in the lead 3-2. to two. And it's in a bit more of a dominant lead for Hannah, four to one. Didn't quite expect that to get to start that way. I'm not sure, Imran. That way you thought it would start. Honestly, no. I didn't think so either. Very interesting podcast. It certainly is. Okay, I think now that we're at uh, track six, that's approximately halfway in this battle. Naked Sunday versus Disarm. I would like to make this point first. One of the things that did jade me about Siamese Dream was the constant fuzzy layered guitar sound. Disarm does not have any of that. It's a piano ballad, it's got strings, and it's one of the times where I think Corgan's vocals suit it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I'd have to agree. This one is actually a very tough choice for me because I love both of these songs. Like Disarm in particular, like such an interesting song. It's I I love the the cowboy feel to it. It's got that that weird country western feel like i feel like corgan sitting in the middle of a deserted town and singing this um never thought of it that way i it's it's a very short song as well because it's only three minutes but it feels like this big epic ballad like it all it's almost like this interlude track in the song that's like kind of a break between all of the the big fuzz and noise that's happening yeah it's such an interesting song i really like it of the the killer in me is the killer in you. What a weird lyric. Naked Sunday, such a contrast as well. As you've got the drum intro, really funky song. Kind of Led Zeppelin vibes from that song. Um, such a very fast-paced, groovy, very different from Sin, definitely, because it just kind of smacks you in the face straight away. Um, you've got the megaphone vocals happening in it with like the, the whispering happening behind as well. Thought that was very like very southern style. I feel like Pantera does that a lot as well because they have the, the whispering behind the vocals. Um, yeah, it's just a very throttling song. I particularly like as well the percussion uh, part where like there's like these weird like 
bottle tin pan sounds in the background happening like towards the end of the song. Very Motown style. Yeah, very interesting. I haven't decided yet which one I'm picking though. I have to say Motown was not a a, a term I was expecting to hear for this album. Uh, Naked Sunday, there's a fair bit going on here. As you've already touched on, there's like the megaphone and the whispering and, you know, all that vocal fun stuff. Again, I know I've said this earlier, again at times, it's not to say I didn't like the song, but there was just a lot happening and then sometimes I felt like I was just trying not to drown in it. I was trying to just get through it. Um, And then... Disarm, I have to go against what you've both said. I don't really enjoy this song. Oh. I mean, the instrument, the, mu- the music's fine, but here was just a case of Billy Corgan being Billy Corgan too much for me and I couldn't handle the vocal stylings. <laughs> yeah, so for that, for that reason alone, I have to go with Stone Temple Pilots for this one. Yeah, it, it's a more competitive battle than I thought. It, it, I'm with you there. You don't expect the term Motown to be used in a... Stone Temple Pilots record. However, you see the point. There are elements of funk, especially on Naked Sunday. Scott Whalen sounds very preachy when he does the megaphone and the whispery kind of style, you know, because he's speaking in religious vocabulary. But uh, it's it's good, but Disarm is so far the other way when it comes to Siamese Dream. I've got to give credit to it. Uh, I think I'm going to have to pick Disarm as well because I'll kick myself if I don't. Credit to Disarm, it's such a different sounding song on Siamese Dream, and yeah, it gets my point, certainly does. This one's also competitive, Imran. Creep versus Soma. I didn't like Creep on my first listen, I still think there are transitions that are a bit jarring, but if we did this podcast a fortnight ago, it'd have been Soma hands down, but I was in the car driving down the Eastern Freeway during the week, I did not have any radio on, it was just... I didn't have the air con on at that point. It was dead silent. And I'm driving down the Eastern Freeway, and my mind sometimes just came came up with the line, I'm half the man I used to be. It's got a really good hook creep. But Somar, Somar's got to be one of the top three for me. Oh, that's where I'm going to have to disagree with you. Somar, okay. it's... I just thought it was boring. See your point to an extent. Hmm. I do like how like the whole song is pretty much just a very slow build up. I like how he did that and how it's like put together, but it's just so long. The, yeah. Like, like the, there's a lot about it. Like there's not enough to the song that really gripped me that made me want to keep listening to it. Like I just kind of kept listening to it, to it because I'm like, I, I can't just stop the song halfway and then go review, review about it on a podcast, you know? Um, but I, I was kind of bored the whole time. And especially coming coming off of Disarm, I was, you know, I was hype. I'm like, yeah, the this album's like sucked me back in. And then we go into Soma and it's just this really slow build. And I'm like, ah, uh, okay. I, yeah. Maybe to just debate that point then, Imran. Disarm obviously brings it up to a high. It, yeah, you, you're on a high once that song's done. It ascends. Maybe within one song, it can bring you back down and then raise you back up. So riding the wave, you have the peaks and troughs of an album naturally, but you can have a peak and a trough within the space of three minutes because that ending riffage is really fun and it's probably got one of the better solos on Siamese Dream. Yeah, I do like the solo on this song. I It's very like crazy, like very screechy kind of solo, but I do like it. Um, I thought it was very interesting. Not remarkable, but it works. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, like I said, I like how it's just one big build. Like I thought that was pretty cool for a song, but it's just the just the parts of the song didn't hook me enough to really take interest. You know, Creep on the other hand, I freaking love this song. I I think this is a very solid song. I I like the riff. There's very Pink Floyd vibes to it. Um, I think all the parts just flow beautifully from each other. You know, like there's there's not much to this song either, but I feel like it just works more as a song because everything is more consistent and everything just kind of works. The hooks, like you said, are just like every part of this song gets stuck in my head. I do like as well, Jason. I don't know if you know, but the vocal melody in the verse kind of reminds me of the chorus of The Unforgiven 3 by Metallica. Unforgiven 3. I'm re-listening to The Unforgiven 3 immediately after finishing this podcast to see what you mean by that, because I don't think that twigged at all. It, it clicked in my brain when I re-listened to it the other day. I was like, hang on, I've heard this before somewhere. But yeah. Um, that's not a bad thing, but like, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. But yeah, creep hands down for me. Hannah... Where do you stand on this? You've heard Imran and I debate a bit. Where do you stand? Uh, maybe maybe I'll get the bad news out of the way. I found Creep kind of boring. Sorry. Uh, I did on first <laughs> listen, admittedly, too. That's the thing. I think, I think full disclosure, I think it's... I, both of these albums would probably grow on me if I listened to them a bit more and I wasn't trying to, like, analyse every single bit and piece of them um yeah a creep like i like the chorus but just i couldn't fully immerse myself in in the whole song i kept kind of finding myself getting taken out of it it's <laughs> here's a quote i wrote it's generally inoffensive but not enough for me <laughs> um yeah I, I think i also think it has a kind of a false ending i think it should have ended before it went into that last chorus again um yeah i just i just I just don't like it sorry and then soma was a bit slower, a bit quieter, but then I think it was like a nice moment of calm on the ho- album as a whole before going into that kind of classic, classic Smashing Pumpkin sound kind of about halfway. I really like that the softer sounds kind of bookmark this track, so to speak, and I think it's a nice change of pace for the album. I think, I think as a whole, this track would reiterate that I think Smashing Pumpkins, they have quite a cinematic sound and like everything's like very bold and big and epic. They're really good at just painting that kind of imagery. And this was a good example of that for me. So I pick Soma. Yeah, I th- again, I think that strengthens a point I made earlier of, yep, you've had this massive emotional roller coaster with this arm, then you relax a bit for the first three minutes of Soma, and then you're back again once the riff hits. So I think that strengthens that point that I made earlier. It, it's competitive. Imran's going creep hands down. But yeah. Uh, oh, uh, creep. I'll take creep. I'm moving on before I change my mind because I think that will happen if I dwell on it any further. Piece of pie versus geek USA. Ooh, this one's another competitive one. This is a very tough one. I I can't seem to fathom right now which one I'm going to pick because I love both of these songs. Um, Hannah, go first, please. <laughs> I'll take the reins. Okay, first of all, piece of pie. Great name for a song. Like ten points there. Um, it's, it was like a bit gritty and grotty and heavier, which I really liked. I didn't really like the kind of, for lack of a better word, like whiny kind of nasally singing style in the, in the bridge and stuff. But once we got past that from the chorus onwards, I was really, really into it. Really powerful vocals. It had this nice kind of like meaty bass, I suppose. Really, it was a really good song. This, this was maybe the first two tracks on the album that I was actually struggling to pick between. 
Um, but then Geek USA, that, oh, what a track. Um, from the get-go, it was really high energy, really infectious. All these cool little, like, riffs and licks. Again, slows down kind of around the halfway point before building back up to that kind of epic style that I suppose we've discussed that Smashing Pumpkins are m- more known for. And just, yeah, shredding and just generally rocking out. I um, Again, I think it's a good example of knowing when in, in a track when to, to mix things up and when a change is needed. So Geek USA, hard pick, but I'm going to go with Geek USA. Now that you've said all that, knowing you're the punk rock aficionado and that I've written generally <laughs> punky in my notes here, of course, it's a... That's just a match waiting to happen with you <laughs> two and, and Geek two USA. Two and two together, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the attitude with Geek USA. Jimmy Chamberlain on the drums. Uh, James E. Ha on guitar. Woohoo! What a combination. Piece of pie. I don't know, Imran, what is your take on some of the vocal effects that go on in that song? Because they're, they're a bit odd, but it all goes away when the chorus hits and you're with Scott Whalen when that happens. Like, you're with him 100%. You will sing along. Oh, yeah. I genuinely think Piece of Pie is the, like, vocally is like the best song on the album for Scott Wayland. It just takes it to another level, I think. Like, and the the opening riff is like super heavy. Everything about it is just punchy. Um, I like, there's very like Lane Staley vocal inflections on this as well, I think, because of that. It's because of that very Southern drawl that they've got. But yeah, like there's just very high high level of vocals like high energy you're, you're right there in scott whalen's face maybe the song could have been a tiny bit shorter might have, like could have maybe done without the last part but apart from that i think it's a very solid song it's it's just a it's a rocker i'd, I'd head back to this any day even more with the style of scott whalen by the way you remember the fact they're a california band you've also got that laid back kind of style that's done quite well yeah definitely Yeah, there's that laid-back groove, but it's also just in your face the whole time. And, yeah, super cool. Uh, Geek USA, from the get-go, it's just energetic. It's slaps you in the face, all guitar, and I love it. The change in it is very jarring. I I like how it's a little bit psychedelic, a little bit dreamy. And the the big guitars kind of, like, come back in and keep that, like, signature slow, dreamy, smashing pumpkins feel. But yeah, the breakdown as well, the the big screechy guitars, and then there's just a breakdown. Uh, it's going to have to be Geek USA for me. Oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> it rests on me and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm enjoying this conversation. Knowing that I went into this battle kind of indifferent to both of these albums, now I'm kind of getting perked up listening to you guys talk about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, nah, these albums aren't as bad as I initially thought. Because I remember my first listen to Siamese Dream was a lot more negative because I'm just complaining and moaning about the fuzz on Siamese Dream. But now we get to get you a sound like, oh, yeah, I really like the attitude to that. I don't know. Uh, uh, Come on, join us. Come on. Anything you you could say to convince (laughs) me, Hannah. One of us. One of us. Yeah, I agree. One of us. What could I say to make you join us? Uh, which one would you want to go out and, and, and dance to more? Oh, if it was that case, it'd be Piece of Pie. Oh, damn it. Oh, damn it. Um, it probably would be, but... <laughs> um, well, you can... Would it, would it make you feel better if I said it, we, could, we could all hang out together if we could all pick the same song, you know? three. Imagine the solidarity there. Three people picking the same we track. Could. Uh, I think... 
I'm not selling it, am I? <laughs> I think it'll be piece of pie. Just on that argument, they're both very good. They're both very good. This is definitely the hardest one thus far. But, uh, uh, oh, what? that makes me feel a bit better about not picking piece of pie because I really like that. Yeah, song. both of these are. Maybe, maybe, if, do I take Soma out of my top three and put Geek USA in it? Ah, these, these are again debates like these could rage on forever. So the you know our opinions could change within a day. This one is less of a debate. Plush versus mayonnaise. Hannah, is this less of a debate? Um, I, I'm hesitant to say yes or no. I think I need to talk it out first. So when mayonnaise started again, great track name. It just started and I went, this sounds, this this just sounds like the 90s. Yes, I know the album's from the 90s, but this is exactly what I imagine the 90s to sound like. It's a little more vulnerable. It's a little more, I can't think of a better word that's not 90s. It was a good track, um, but Plush, Plush, I mean, everyone knows it knows this song. This is one of those songs that for a very long time, I knew what it was, but I, like, I knew the song, but I didn't know what it was. So revisiting it is a really good feeling. Um, I think it's I think it's a track I've probably only learned to appreciate with age. And I just don't have many other words other than it's just a good song. So it's got my vote. Plush right out of the gate. Yep. <laughs> well, good good thing you say that. I'm joining you. Short, short and sweet. Yep, great. Welcome. Pleasure, pleasure to have you here. We can make this short and sweet. I'm picking Plush too. Like, there's absolutely no context there. The way I described mayonnaise, this is this is again, this is when I get silly and put notes in here. This is a rock song for laying in a grassy flower bed on a summer's day. That's what mayonnaise sounded like to me. Whereas plush, it's well, it's a pep in its step. Come yeah, it's a bit more pep of a step, it gets gets a bit more positive and then Wow. It yeah, it's just a strong overall song. It's iconic. It's just it's one of those songs that when it's on, you can't turn it off. Otherwise, like it's a criminal offence. It's illegal in most countries to turn it off. Yeah. And this is also another song. This was probably my first introduction to Stone Temple Pilots, and I'm not going to say how long ago that was because it'll make me feel a bit like a pleb. But, uh, yeah, it was the first listen. I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Scott Whalen does sound a bit like a cheap Eddie Vedder and a... You know, maybe the precursor to Scott Stapp. But no, this song has grown on me over time. I've gotten rid of that mindset. Plush is a... Yeah, Plush is just a good song. Well, it does have that Pearl Jam vibe to it, but I guess, you know, yeah. it's a grunge song, so... Yeah, Pearl Jam sound. Well, not Pearl Jam sound, but to what Imran said. Uh, it's fun to sing along to, just all the vocal harmonies. Where you going for tomorrow? Or, and I feel it. Ah, Great stuff. Mm. Fun to sing along. That was, I have to yeah. say, coming on to this episode, I was wondering how many, how many uh, vocal, vocal, st- vo- like how many times you guys would both start singing. So that's that's fun. That's really fun. I think you're both. I think you've both done it once or twice at least. <laughs> this is a record. We don't normally do that too much. I think. All right, roll the tapes. Go through the archives. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll leave that for the listeners. We'll leave that for the listeners. We've got the entire thing at syn.org.au and uh, on Omni and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So we'll leave it to the listeners to do that. But at least, at least in run when we sing on the podcast, it's normally for like three seconds. We've done it for a lot more than that now. Yeah, <laughs> we should make a compilation of all of them put together. How long for? Greatest hits. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on now. Wet My Bed versus Space Boy. Uh, again, this is 
probably a no contest. Wet My Bed is a minute 30. I will say, credit to Core here, the fact that the week's tracks are just the interludes probably does speak volumes to, to the quality they've put out on Core. Yeah. You know what? This might be a hot take, but this is a little bit of a contest for me because Space Boy is such a weird song. Yes, it certainly is. It's another acoustic piece. Yeah. It just reminds me of Rocket Man by Elton John. Not just because it's called Space Boy, but just because of that feel. I, I feel like it's just Rocket Man, but he changed the words and he might have changed a few chords and there's some there's a Mellotron in it. And it's so long. It's not even that long, but this is one that just I don't know why. I just sat there and I was just like, when is this song gonna end? In space no one can hear you scream. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's pretty much how I felt throughout the whole song. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. This song just did not do it for me, and I cannot explain why, apart from the fact that it sounded like Rocket Man. I can see what you mean, Imran. It doesn't do too much to me as well, but I just think it gets a point by default because Wet My Bed doesn't really do much either. It's just an interlude. Not going to lie, I prefer Scott Whalen just going, you know, oh, where's my cigarette, you know, with some weird background music in, in his very Jim Morrison-style voice. I'd rather listen to that than Space Boy. Share that sentiment, Hannah. I do. Uh, I'm nodding along for those who are listening and can't see. I think Space Boy, again, yeah, I get that kind of like cosmic pop Rocket Man kind of vibe. And it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's still signature Smashing Pumpkins, but in its own way. But there's something about Wet My Bed <laughs> that I actually just really, really like. I think it's because I wasn't expecting it. It's this kind of weird poetry experimental spoken word moment on the album to break up the tracks i really like the delivery of it it yeah it took me by surprise and that kind of like really weird side of music I, i'm really into so for me wet my bed was the better track it got me it made me more excited than space boy interesting enough to give it a point yes man don't sound so surprised <laughs> no again i'm just sitting here going i that didn't do anything for me so space boy to by default i mean it is a lonely little ballad and Corgan sounds like he's howling more than he is singing but at least you know at least I'm a bit of a sucker for ballads so I'll give it a little bit more time than to where's my cigarette but uh so that that's my reasoning for taking space boy uh Imran did we get a final answer from you or uh pull me wet my bed are you, are you naming the song or just telling us what you've just done um. can you be more specific please <laughs> <laughs> no further comments, Werner. <laughs> okay, and score check. Well, it's the the gap has tightened. Imran and I, five all draw. Ooh. Where Hannah is now our deciding factor here with Siamese Dream leading six to four. And we only have a couple more tracks to go and the gold star rule is gonna kick in very soon. So this could go either way. Let's move on right now. Now, I feel bad for the editor, whoever is editing this, because we're going to have a bit of a fun time with the bleep button here. So if we could keep this PG, we could, but we'll let this one go just for just this one time so we can at least get the full context. Cracker Man versus Silver f***. Let's try and keep it to one bleep. Here we go. One bleep. All right. I'm going to refer to this as Silver Frick. Does that count? Yeah, all right. Yeah, right. Silver Frick will do. Maybe Silver... What else can you do? Silver fudge? Silver flip? Mm. I'll go silver flip. How about that? I'll what do about that. silver fish? 
Silverfish. That's a Corey Taylor song, did you know? <laughs> the Silverfish by Corey Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also very like grungy, like Jar of Fly Jar of Fly style acoustic song. It's actually quite good. But anyway, we're talking about Silver Flip here. Let's go. This song's long. It is very long. This song gives me cool vibes. Tool. I listened to this and I immediately thought, wow, this could be an interesting tool song. It's cause it's got the it's got the weird riff. It's got the the drums, the like just weird off kilter drum groove. Then you've got the the bass and toms happening with the vocals. You've got some wacky guitar sounds happening, and then suddenly everything cuts off, and you've got some weird, some weird. This is this is lateralis, but for Smashing Pumpkins, eight eight and a half minutes or something. The ending is absolutely nuts. It's such a cool song. In case you haven't noticed, this one's going to be my pick. But yeah, I it's just such a an interesting song because it goes from it's like a classic Smashing Pumpkins sound going from the the really fuzzy riffs. A lot of noise happening, lots of feedback, weird guitar sounds. I like the lead guitarist and stuff. The The middle part where it's just like empty, it was very jarring at first because when I was listening to it, I didn't realize there was actually sound happening. It was that quiet. I thought that was very cool though because it's just like a very light bass um, and drums happening. Lots of reverbs on the vocals. There's some weird guitar sounds, kind of spooky sounding when you listen to it closely. But yeah. This is another one that builds very, very, very slowly in the middle. But this time I did not mind because I feel like it was just so much weird stuff happening that I felt just kind of kept like, "Mm, I wonder what's going to happen next. You know, there's a bang, bang, you're dead. I don't know what's happened. Like, I did not know what was happening in the song, but it was so weird. And then it came back in and then, oh my God, I think I got tinnitus by the end of the song. A whole minute of just feedback and noise. Ah, uh, but yeah, so, Silver Flip for me. Where is Cracker Man, Hannah? Cracker Man for me, yes, it was upbeat. Yes, it was loud. It was it was just simple and effective, the words that I wrote. it's It's got a, you know, it's got a standard rock beat. It's got a guitar solo. It's got a good rhythm. That's kind of it. I, I, I think in comparison to Silver Frick, totally different songs, and I just don't think there's much of a competition. I think Silver Frick definitely has my vote. Has this almost like jungle sound, like, you know, that really like intense beat going into it. Like like you said, Imran, there's this weird off-kilter drums. I don't know what it is. It's not really anything out of the ordinary, but it's just not right in the context of the song. Yeah, I think uh, um, there's just more happening in Silver Frick. It's more engaging. It's broken into more parts kind of experimental in the middle almost um and then you've got that like heartbeat type rhythm bass coming in with the whack sounds and the whack guitars then the eerie vocals and then we're just like bam back to the intensity of the start totally different to um stp so i have to go with silver frick <sighs> this is where i start getting dodgy <laughs> i will compliment the ending yes they attack with that distortion at the end very strongly it's a pretty good start. That middle section bores me to no end. Oh, man. Dodgy call, but that bores me to no end. I think I think this is another one where it's... Don't call it psychedelic, but maybe it is psychedelic. Whereas Cracker Man, inoffensive, but at least it's quick and concise. So that's kind of my pick. Kind of your pick? Yeah, you don't sound too confident. It, it's my pick. 6-5 call. Cool. 
right. It's one of Imran's hot takes. I am innately aware of that, but uh, I mean, Cracker Man's not a bad song, but like, I kind of felt like that was like the weakest track on the album. It was fun. It's cool, but like nothing about it really stood out. And then you put it up against Silver Freak, you know. I'm with you 100%, but I couldn't, I can't stay engaged for the full eight minutes on this particular track. I think Cracker Man, you know, it does what it says on the label. It's a pretty standard song. They're just totally different. And even if you couldn't stay engaged for the whole eight minutes or whatever, however long the song went for, I think you've got to at least appreciate, shall I say, that there's, it's broken up into different sections and there's different things happening. That just doesn't, it's just not the case for Cracker Man. Yeah. Yeah, which I certainly can uh, point that out. No, no worries with, with that at all, Hannah. But yeah, actually, good analogy by the way, Hannah. The dry biscuit of core by Stone Temple Pilots, <laughs> Cracker Man. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll take the dry biscuit over being bored for half of Silver Flip. Despite, yes, I will compliment the ending and I will compliment the distortion at the start and how it attacks at the outro. I can compliment that, but everything in between just turns me off a little bit. Again, the gold star rule is going to kick in, but the battles are really close. Well, at least our tally scores are really close. So let's uh, tell you all about it right now. Hannah, Siamese Dream leads 7-4. to four. Imran, Siamese Dream leads 6-5. to five. For myself, Core leads 6-5. to five. And we still have two Siamese Dream tracks to go. And, well, the gold star rule is going to kick in because we're on the final... Stone Temple Pilots track, so this is the last chance for a comeback here. When the river go, where the river goes, I should say, versus Sweet Sweet. The critiques I've had for No Memory and Wet My Bed is that they're kind of non-tracks. They're lasting about a minute and a half. The shoe's on the other foot here, I think, with Siamese Dream. Sweet Sweet is a minute 30, and despite the fact I'm probably not going to be seeking out when the where the river goes again, the hook of Sing That Song, Sing That Song gets stuck in my head quite frequently now yeah sweet sweet's kind of cool i like how it's like a campfire song there's some cool chords in it but other than that yeah it does absolutely nothing for me yeah where the river goes um it's got the when the levy breaks style drums at the start Um, does it okay mm, classic led zeppelin song yeah um the riff is like very i thought it was very hendrix style or was like that kind of donor blues almost like that doom uh sound very brooding this is like this is the kind of stuff that i'd listen to like i would definitely listen to this song again like you said jason that hook like gets stuck in my head as well i particularly like the part where the song like stops and then the fade in of the vocals comes in and it just slams back in again i thought it was very cool um the vocals almost felt like storytelling like almost like not narration but like like he he was singing but like it it felt like it was telling a story you know the whole time um and yeah it's a long song but um i i don't know just like i just enjoyed listening to it the whole time um and even like the lead guitar stuff at the end kind of very like indian kind of sounding guitar i thought that was very cool i i really liked that especially over the top of like a song that doesn't really sound like it had fit I was like, I was pleasantly surprised when it came in. I was like, oh, so like, it adds a bit something new to it. Um, even, you know, like so late in the song. Yeah. Where the River Goes, hands down. 
by default for me, yeah, where the river goes, I'm not with you there, Imran. I probably won't be seeking it out again because I do think it's a bit too long, but there are still good moments. Like you say, the ending outro, Scott Wayland wailing along uh, a lead guitar part as we close, sing that song, sing that song, as a just a general hook. That will always be in my head. That's quite nice. And I think it goes to your analogy of some grunge songs and grunge bands, particularly Alice in Chains. It has that swampy sound that you really enjoy. That's yeah. Hannah, conversely, where do you stand? Um, I think we're all in a similar wavelength here. To me, um, where the river goes, even before I... Even before this track came on, I just knew before listening to it, it'd be an, an epic of sorts as a closer. Um, I knew it would be a really long track. It's, what, eight minutes in length or just over. It, it really relishes in itself and, it, and the groove that it creates, and it's really, you know, quite slower. There's kind of like, the, in the sort of the middle, there's these kind of keys or organ breakdown, which is like very 70s epic rock kind of vibes. I get the idea of it, but I just think eight minutes in length is a bit much. Conversely, um, sweet, sweet, absolutely not worth my time, to be honest. Um, What, you've got all these, like, five, six, seven, eight-minute songs on this Smashing Pumpkins record, and then this one's a minute and a half. I just didn't enjoy it. To me, it kind of sounds like Smashing Pumpkins doing 60s folk pop. It just felt like a filler track. Um, So, not for me. I'll have to go with Where the River Goes, but that doesn't mean that I really enjoyed the song. I just think it's the better of the two. It is hard to make it competitive when it's a minute 30 versus eight and a half minutes. So just just by that alone, you've got more to talk about and you know more to explore with one song over the other. But no, I, I see your point. It, again, for me, it's not, it's not that grand of an end. It, it has a good ending in terms of ending instrumentals and all that kind of thing, but it's not, I, it, it'd be tough for me to sit down and listen to all eight minutes on a regular basis yeah agreed all right we're at the final battle here and it's an uncontested one so the question lies hannah and imran does luna earn you a gold star does it go up against any other track on core and you'd pick it over any other track on core would you actively seek it out again do you want to do it despite the other album i don't care what do you think it's going to get your sticker your gold star sticker uh nah is that all you have to say? Keeping it short and sweet, or...? That's very blunt, Imran. <laughs> I mean, ending on a clean song, I I didn't I didn't really particularly... I didn't think it was going to lead that direction, um, especially from an album, you know, with so much heavy music on it, so much fuzzy guitars, and just especially after Silver Frick, you know, all of that noise, I was expecting, you know... After listening to Luna, I thought, you know, Silver Frick would have been so better to end on, especially after a whole minute of feedback and, you know, like it's a big epic finale. But no, it's just kind of like a weird dreamy, whispery kind of song, like like I'm floating on a cloud, but the cloud is like really small and I'm not having a good time. It's just like whatever, you know, I, I, I don't think they should have ended with that song. So no. That's quote of the night, surely. It's just like, whatever. Um, no, I actually really enjoyed Luna. I, I really liked that song. It was kind of more like a, a slow dance kind of vibe. You want to just slow dance. Um, I think there was a little bit of sitar or something in there, which was nice. Yeah. And to me... What was that? Sorry. Either a guitar or a sitar. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't 100% sure. I can appreciate um, the inclusion of it, by the way. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. 
And for me, if if we're sticking with the kind of cinematic aspect of Smashing Pumpkins, to me, this was a really good ending, a clean ending, as you said. Um, after all, the, after after all the heaviness and the storms, like this is like the clearing rain and the sun is setting, which is kind of fitting given the track's called Luna and the moon's coming out. Um, yeah, I really like this song. I feel like this. I would rather listen to Luna than most of the tracks on the Stone Temple Pilots record. So it has a star from me. Okay. Nice, Anna. Very nice. I like that idea. For me, again, I can appreciate the fact that there is a sitar sound to it. But, no, I won't be going back to it. I don't think I'm going to give it one myself. There's not much to say about that track. Yeah, maybe it's the cleanliness of it. It's kind of the same deal with Crackerman. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. I mean, there's an addition of strings, but I think Disarm did that much better than Luna. And even on Space Boy, I reckon the inclusion of you know, Mellotron and strings and that kind of sound fit better on those tracks. Yeah, I can't bring myself to do it either. I don't think it'd beat... Would it beat Crackerman? Maybe. Maybe. But definitely not any other track on... Or maybe it would beat No Memory and Wet My Bed, but I, I, I'm not going to count them. So I think I'll be holding mine off in terms of Gold Star. So good on you, Hannah, for doing one, giving Luna a Gold Star yourself. That's very brave, but I don't think it'll be for me. <laughs> brave. I don't need your sympathy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we've managed to get through it. I'm I'm genuinely surprised of how much the album's warmed to me as we went along talking about it. Because, again, I went into this on very first listen going, ah, they're not really my thing. But now I could go back and listen to a couple. Mm, agreed. Out of interest, Imran and Hannah, what would you name as your top three from both? Oh, um, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Silver Freak, Geek USA, and Quiet. And Pilots. Oh, that's a good question. Hang on. Hang on a second. Wet my bed, 100%. Um, Dead and bloated, and creep, one. and creep. Okay, I think we did that for me. Plush creep, and uh, I think it might be a draw between. It might be a draw between sin and piece of pie. Might be that, but I think definitely plush and creep make it in. Siamese dream, disarm, geek USA. Ooh, ooh. I'll go soma. Why not? Disarm Soma, Geek USA. Hannah? Um, okay. Core, I'm going sex type thing. I'm going piece of pie. I kind of want to say wet my bed, but I think I'll say plush. And then Smashing Pumpkins, I'm going to go Geek USA, first and foremost, up the top. Um, then probably Silver Frick. And I think I'll have to say Cherub Rock. Even though it's more well-known, I still think it's a good little taster of what the album can offer. There you go. So, yeah. And, again, if you had asked me this a month ago, I'd be going, oh, I'm probably never going to listen to these albums again. So this is a good turnaround. But we now have grand points to give. We'll start off with Hannah. And that is Siamese Dream, one for you, eight to five. That's one to Siamese Dream. Myself, I'll go next. Core one. Seven to five. It all lies on Imran here. That's a drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. And there's a lot of tension now. 
there's there's a lot of tension on this one. Unlike last time when Hannah was on, where it was just, you know, the clash clean sweep. <laughs> clean slate. <laughs> clean sweep. Spoilers if you haven't listened to that one, by the way. But we've got, here we go. Imran. The final score for Core was six. Imran Siamese dream score was also six. Dun, dun, dun. So what we need to do here is essentially split Imran's grand point in half and call it a draw. Oh, that's so unsatisfying. Hey, you, this is a choice you made, okay? So no. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I was fully, fully expecting you to have a clean sweep of um, Stone Temple Pilots. I was uh, yeah. fully expecting you to go until I listened to the Smashing Pumpkins album again. That's called character development, kids. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. One and a half plays one and a half. I mean, if we get enough response in a, responses in our poll up on Mosh Pit on Sin, facebook.com forward slash Mosh Pit on Sin, maybe you, the listener, could decide the the battle between Core and Siamese Dream. We'll give Whoever wins that poll will get an extra point and basically give each band a win. But, yeah, between us, we, we're splitting hairs. It's too close to call, to draw. I don't know how to respond to this information. <laughs> Imran, the last time this happened was Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast versus Black Sabbath, Master of Reality. Oh, there's... I've got absolutely nothing to say. I don't know what to say. To everyone listening out there, make sure you voted in the poll because you will now decide a winner. We'll leave it at that. Imran and Hannah, thank you very much for taking part of this battle. It was quite the journey. Do you, all, do you both feel like better people now? I feel like we're better people now that we've been on this journey. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm going to like go meditate for three hours just to, <laughs> to contemplate this. <laughs> I do have to have one ending point, though, if that's okay. And I don't mean this as a criticism. It's just an observation. The album Core, I was listening to it, and I was thinking this is the kind of sound that um, Triple M have tried to build an entire radio station around. <laughs> 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 Are you going to tell me I'm wrong? I'm not wrong. Uh, along with Cold Chisel and Guns N' Roses and ACDC, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Right. <laughs> well, I'll give you a final comment on Siamese Dream for you because this I realised to myself not too long ago. Siamese Dream is the neighbourhood in the Black Hole Sun music video. That's exactly the environment that Siamese Dream could yeah. be born out of. No. And if you made a feature-length film on the neighbourhood from the Black Hole Sun music video, that would be the soundtrack. And then when the credits roll, Black Hole Sun commences. I like that. That's really good. Jason, I think you're onto something. I reckon so. Any filmmakers out there, off you go. Get a producer, get a director, get it happening. So much to think about tonight. Much to ponder. We had our poll go up over at facebook.com forward slash moshpitonsin, home of Hannah's weekly haven of rock and roll every Thursday, which gave you your say on which your preferred album was. Whichever album gets the most votes here is going to be deciding the winner. And amazingly, it's a 50-50 split. Incredibly, the draw stands. So there's no other choice but to offer... Yeah, there's really nothing else we can do. We can now only just offer 
the Great Metal Standoff's token applause of appreciation. Well done, STP. Well done, Smashing Pumpkins. Well done. Round of applause. Great records. Couldn't decide between the two. Amazing. Amazing. Well done. There you have it. That's the uh, Standoff's token applause of appreciation there for you. So, what does this mean for Imran and I's next grunge battle? Will that battle end in a draw as well? We'll find out very soon. Hannah will also join us once again to round out the trilogy of battles with us. And like Stone Temple Pilots and the Smashing Pumpkins, it'll be another battle that will explore even more horizons in her music world. One more time, until year's end, you can catch her on Moshpit on Sin, Thursday nights, 8pm on 90.7, DAB Plus Digital Radio, or on your preferred device at syn.org.au. And take a look at their playlists every week and the poll for every standoff at facebook.com forward slash moshpitonsin. And to stay up to date with the Great Metal Standoff, give us a follow at facebook.com forward slash metalstandoffpod. That's all for now. Until next time, metal up your ass! Thank you.